Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Files Radio. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. Thank you very much for being here today. We're going to be talking today with America Young, a very special person. Producer, director, writer, stunt coordinator, stunt actress. She's an incredible human being. We'll get her on right now and after a little bit of a chit-chat and talk to her about all things her life. So America Young joining us today will be very blessed to have her on. How was your week, everybody? So one question I always ask. I'm going to be asking America very young, uh, uh, a young very in, in a second now. The same question I'm going to be asking all of you. What have you been watching this week? What films? Same thing I ask you every single week. What movies? What shows? What TV shows do you like? What have you been watching? Well, the one sh- one movie I watched last week that I kind of enjoyed but didn't enjoy the backlash was Charlie's Angels. Um, didn't really enjoy it. It was not what I expected. It's not what I like in a film. I understood they had a, they had a s- smaller budget than the Drew Barrymore films, um, but it was uh, it was not good. It was just not very good. And I love Elizabeth Banks. I mean, I love her. But later on, uh, I believe that a lot of the uh, media were saying that the backlash was caused because of misogyny. Now, I I take that to offense. You know, the the fact that people will not go see a female-led or female-based action film. I, I find that to be ridiculous and silly. Uh, when I look at Atomic Blonde, when I look at films like that, um, you know, people rush to go see La Femme de Kida, The Professional, uh, Alien, Aliens, what you call the Ripley Effect, Gravity. These are all female-led films. They were all blockbusters. Hey, let's get America Young on here. Let's ask her her opinion on this right here. Let me see here. America Young. Hello. Wow. Hi. Would they love you? They don't do this for everybody. Just for you. Thank you. Well, we were talking about a little bit, you know, before we get into everything America Young. And thank you for joining us today so much. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. We we're talking about a little bit of misogyny in filmmaking and, and the excuse that the reason why a film would not succeed was because of misogyny when I think there are so many films that you, you can call out female-led films that have done fantastically well without having to blame any group of human beings in the world. And, and I was given a cue as like Le Femme 
Professional and and uh, a lot of a lot of films and a lot of TV shows based on today. So I, I don't I don't see that as being a staple. What do you think? Um, I think there's a lot of reasons why a movie does well and doesn't do well. Right. Um, so it's 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 hard to really track what is the cause of it. I don't know if it is mis- for this specific movie. I haven't seen it, so I can't speak to the caliber. I love Elizabeth Banks, and right. the cast looks phenomenal, and the trailers look phenomenal. All um, right. It might. I, what I would like to say, since I have no actual um, research or scientific stake in this matter, what I would like to say is, I would like right. to believe that people are sick of reboots, right? And that um, people just didn't want to see yet another Charlie's Angels right. or another property that's been done a bunch of times. That mm-hmm. being said, Elizabeth Banks is awesome in everything that she's, she's been doing. She's fantastic. Oh, she's amazing. So yeah, everything she touches involved, is gold. Then, then, yeah. then I would support it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that being said, she she posted, and this is one of the reasons why I love her. She posted yeah. a, she, one of her tweets last week was, "Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna do a flop, make sure you have your right. name on it at least four times." Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, and then she proceeded to say how proud she was of the movie, and she was glad that yeah. it was out there. So I thought it was it was a good movie. That I mean, it, in which she hired that it was sure. It was a good movie. I, I, li- yeah. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I, I can see. I mean, I liked it more than Dark Fate, uh, Terminator Dark Fate. It was more believable sure. as a film, and it was more like I can I can buy into the camp a lot, a lot easier than Terminator Dark Fate. And um, oh, Dark yeah. Fate was at least triple the budget. But I, I just I really en- I really just enjoyed the film. And but I when I walked oh, out and I was kind of a atta- yeah. But when I was you know when we got when I got that kind of message. You know, I just don't like female-led films. Like, I, I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's true. And I think there's a lot of women directors. Like the l- last episode of The Mandolin was directed by by a woman. And there were, but this is what I brought you on to talk talk to you about. So, so you're a you're a director, producer, writer. I mean, you do everything. But you, but you grew up in New Mexico. Now, New Mexico is not I known. I haven't directed The Mandalorian yet. So that <laughs> no, that not yet. That will <laughs> be next. I be the next female director on The Mandalorian. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, but um, you grew up in New Mexico, and that it's, it's not known for, it, it's not like the, the, the movie capital of America, but you did grow up in a time when films well, were was, coming I out. I was actually born there, but we didn't live there yeah. for very long. I moved a ton oh. of times growing up. I was at a different school, sixth grade through senior year of high school. Um, so uh, I don't really, I kind of grew up everywhere. I don't really. Wow, were, you, were you a military brand? No, just keeping one step ahead of the law. You know how. Right. It, you know how. It is. <laughs> you know how. It is. <laughs> exactly. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there's no real reason why we moved around a lot, but we yeah. did. And um, yeah. I love that I did. I think that um, it makes me really easily adaptable to a bunch of different right. environments. I've, sure. I've lived in every single situation with met a wide variety of people. Um, and, uh, you know, it's really nice. We're all, we're all the same, you know, which is really, cool. we are, um, deep yeah. down, we all have things that we care about that really line up. And I think that that helps in storytelling is to recognize that human beings have a lot of similar similarities, especially in these political times, which right. we will not dig into, but <laughs> right. I do find that the more I talk to people, the more people actually really do want the same thing, um, which is right. to take care of each other, which is pretty awesome. Right. 
Well, what, what inspired you? So what, what was the, what was the thing that captured your idea when you were younger about at least film or, or, or production of film or, or that kind of thing? Well, I grew up without a television. Um, okay. So the movies that I saw were the ones that my parents um, carefully curated that they found that were great stories. So I grew right. up mo- mainly on black and white films, you know, with Jimmy Stewart and Catherine Hepburn and, um, and those wow. are really heavily story based. Yeah. Right. Um, and I, and I read a ton, you know, in my household, our bedtime right. would be nine, but if we read, we could stay up till nine thirty. So wow. Reading okay. became the reward and right. learning and storytelling became a reward. And so I really, I, I became obsessed with story. Story became hmm. my favorite thing. And I had this epiphany just like a year ago, maybe a little bit less. I'm horrible right. with names. I'm horrible with faces. I'm horrible. Right. <laughs> just, okay. <laughs> and I will have already forgotten both your name and your face. But wow. if you start telling me your story and you remind me what we were talking about, I will right. remember your story. Right. And then I'll instantly know who you are. So if we're talking right. and I say, what are you, what's up? And they're like, oh, I finally got a hold of my grandmother. I'll be like, oh, I remember your grandmother who you were trying to track down because of this is <laughs> what happened with that. And then I'm in and I know who you are. And so right. I've, I've found that story is what drives me above all else. That's what so I remember. You're, That's so what your family was very strong in, into education and, and yeah. storytelling and, and, and really bringing yourself to your, your, your best. Exactly. Exactly. My, my, my parents were both really great at recognizing that school can be tedious, but it also is so much fun to learn how to learn. Um, right. Uh, I would ask my dad for help on homework and he always knew the answer, but he would never tell it to me. He's like, I don't know. Let's figure it out. <laughs> right. And at the time it was frustrating, but now I'm so grateful for it because he taught me how to do things myself and how to yeah, figure the problem out, solved. but also how to love. Yeah, yeah. But also to love the problem. Think, right. Oh, this is such a good question. Let's figure right. out the answer. <laughs> right. So excited about it because you're gonna have so many problems in life. You're gonna have so <laughs> many challenges. There's no point in dreading it or resenting it. You might as well go. Oh, this is. Yeah, good I find that most stuff. people resent questions because they're not prepared for either the answer yeah. or, or to even accept the the possibility that they don't know everything. Exactly, and we don't. And we should be right. happy we don't, because that would be so boring. And well, it'd be so, so when boring. somebody asks you a question, it'd be so boring. So when somebody asks you a question that you don't know the answer to, I think it's totally okay to go, I have no idea, but that is such a good question. Let's figure it out. And then we right. figure it out together, and then we're better. We're both better for it. But it's also so fun to solve that mystery. Um, right. So th- that, that, I think, is what has kept me going when um, things have been really, really challenging. Uh, you're, you know, working in a film industry where there is no formula, there is no math, there is, nobody has one, there's not one path that works for everyone. And so constantly being like, oh, this is a crappy day. Let's figure out how to (laughs) make it a better day. Right. (laughs) This challenge really stinks. And so even as a director or when I'm stunt coordinating, I love it when someone comes up to me and challenges me. I actually really appreciate it. because. Really? Whether, cause yeah, because if I know the answer, I know the answer, and I can show it to right. them, and I can prove that I've done my work. If I don't know the answer, that means it's a really good question, and I'm really grateful that they're bringing it up to me now when we're shooting right. and not after we've shot the movie and we're stuck with right. what we have. So I, I actually think it's wonderful. It's, 
because I don't find it to be a challenge of me as a director. I find it to be a let's make this as good as we possibly can. Have you thought of this? How should we do this? Why is this so, important? So it seems like the, the lessons that you learned as a child have, has translated over to you as a director to where you, you welcome the challenge of a question instead of rebound and, 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 and prone away from it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Yeah, I never really thought about it, but yeah, I think it does. Um, wow. I don't, I don't, I don't take it as a challenge of me. I take it as a challenge of the situation and how can we make the situation better? Wow. So do you, do you think that you know because that that allows another person's ego uh, really to be strong? So you're obviously doing a leadership skill where you're allowing the other person to have face while you're while you're while they're challenging you. Uh, do you, do you yeah. find that do you, do you find that that's one of the things that keeps you uh, really one of the top one of the top tier directors out there one of the top tier people that people search out for for any activity that you want to go for is that um, that you I, are I, like that I love you I love <laughs> you associating top tier me thank you please keep doing that um, that feels good uh, I, I think so I think so because I try to empower people I mean if you're right. you're going to hire the best people you know who are, are excellent at their jobs right. um, you should be hiring the people who are the best at their jobs and so if they're coming to you with a question about something that, that is their department that they think about 24 hours a day the best right. thing you can do is listen to them because that's all they think about 24 hours a day. So they're going to have amazing questions. And then the two of you coming together to figure out that solution will just come up with something even better, you know? Right. Um, so I, I do believe, I do believe in, in, in giving people space to, for their, I guess the ego in the good way, not an ego in right. a detrimental way, but ego right. in terms of a sense of self and a sense of confidence. Right. Um, and the sense of empowering people to speak up when they immediately when they see the issue instead of waiting until it's become something that's out of control, whether it's a personality mm. conflict with someone else or whether it's a story point or whether it's a continuity error. It's important that people feel empowered to speak up because that's how you end up with the best possible product. Right. Consistency. And, and the important thing. The important thing with my job is to filter it through towards the common goal, right? So I'm not going to take right. everybody's idea because while it might be a phenomenal idea, it doesn't match the story. Or while that might be right. a continuity error, we don't have the time to reshoot anything, and it's more important that we get this part done. So my job is to let them, give them the agency to speak because they have great right. ideas and then make the deciding factor in terms of what serves the, the project the best. Nice. Well, let's, let's roll this back a little bit. And you know, where do we begin? Uh, what was the first project that you worked on that you felt confident? Like the, the first thing that you put on your IMDb and you're like, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a good question. I don't know. I constantly fluctuate from complete confidence and imposter syndrome. <laughs> so um, it's, it's a constant fluctuation. But uh, yeah. the first, time I allowed myself to be called a director, although I didn't realize it, that I had been directing for quite some time. I was yes. producing, well, before I got called, this one time I called myself a director, I'd been producing a web series and I had hired directors because they said they were directors, but I found out quickly that I actually knew more than I realized <laughs> and, and ended up taking over without, you know, right. unofficially just to get right. the project done. Um, but the first time I allowed myself to be called a director, my friend, um, Faye Ayana, is a musician, 
and she asked me to direct her music video. And it was the first time I, mean, I had directed theater and I had, I had done other things, but it was the first time it was an official job, you know? Nice. Um, and that was, that was something I was just watching it the other day. I'm actually still pretty proud of it considering that I grew up without a television. I grew up without watching music videos. Um, and I really am proud of how it turned out for the first thing I've ever directed. Um, and I'm really grateful for Faye for having that faith in me. Nice. How did it come out? Did, did it come out as the way that you wanted it to come out through the editing process yeah. or yeah, it came out pretty great. She edited it and she's a phenomenal editor. Um, nice. and so it, it actually came out, it came out really well. Um, nice. you know, this was, 11 years ago, I think. So um, yeah. there's been some advances in tech <laughs> and there's been some advances <laughs> in other things. But, yeah. um, but I, I, uh, I'm really proud of how it came out. And that was the first time I really acknowledged the fact that I was a director and that I, this is what I wanted to pursue. Nice. But you, you started off directing in plays. Yeah, I directed in theater, but it was always I never really gave myself permission to call myself that. Um, I don't really? know why. I don't know whether it's because I hadn't seen a lot of female directors. And so I just, it just didn't occur to me that that was something I could do. Right. Um, or whether I just was, <laughs> I was stuck on the idea that I wanted to do one thing and then didn't realize that in this particular case, changing direction was, would make me the happiest. Right. But um, I, I did, I've, you know, I've been writing plays and directing plays since I was a kid. Um, and so wow. I even directed a, sh- a kid show out here in L.A. Um, Mike Rademacher at The Secret Rose was talking to me once when I first moved out here. And he said, um, do you have any good kids plays? And I said, no, but I always thought it'd be fun if there was like a choose your own adventure kids play. And she, he turned to me and said, write it. We'll put it up. Hmm. So I did. <laughs> I wrote it. I wrote it with a friend of mine, Jimmy Zerda, and right. he produced it. Like uh, Mike produced it, and um, How I directed old were you? it with Jimmy. Oh my God! I just moved out here, so maybe nineteen. Wow. Maybe. I actually don't even remember. I was. It was really young, and, and that's the amazing thing about Mike doing that is that he. And maybe it's safer for kids theater, but he totally empowered me. He he challenged me, and I I, I stood up to the challenge. Right. Right. You weren't, you weren't afraid of that challenge. You took it head on. No, what, what gives yeah. you that gusto that, uh, that other people might hesitate? I mean, it's not opportunity that separates us, but the ability to, to see it. So what is it about you that saw that opportunity and snapped on it that other people might just have hesitated? Oh, I a hundred percent hesitated. <laughs> I mean, oh. <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest. I, there's definitely that voice in your head that says, what? No, I've never done this before. I can't do this. What? No, this is a theater in Los Angeles. This is out of my league. What? No, choose right. your own adventure. How the heck do I do a choose your own adventure play with a live <laughs> audience? There's no way I could do this. What am I? I'm just a kid. What do I know? Like, right. You go through all those voices in your head. But eventually right. it was just, I was so excited by the by solving the challenge. And I was so excited by the opportunity um, and I had Jimmy helping me out and Mike was encouraging. And um, ultimately I, my, my brain went through all of those questions of self doubt and allowing myself to have that self doubt, I think gave me the direction to move forward because I had the self doubt and I went, well, I have no idea how to write a play um, for right. choose your own adventure for kids, but let's figure it out. And if it sucks, we just won't put it up. Right. Try it. And then, <laughs> and then it didn't suck. And then, you know, and we figured how it out. How did it turn out? I think, I think, he, I, I think people who don't have self-doubt, I worry about. 
People right. who have no questions and no qualms about their abilities. You know, I agree with you. I agree with yeah. you. Yeah. I, I, I worry I about people who I don't have any self-doubt. Yeah. Yes, me too. Because yeah. they're, they're not plugged in. And it's, it's nope. you, the self-doubt is yeah. what gives you the, the tools uh, I, to be as good as you possibly can be. I agree with you. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, yeah. It, whenever as an artist, when I'm a hundred percent sure about what I want to do, I, I don't oversee my project as as carefully as I would have if I was more yeah. frightened. So I, I always 100%. have even. You know what I'm saying? So even now I have even a, a like a pretend fear where I, I worry about things that maybe I shouldn't be worried about because I really want to be involved and really want to be ahead of the game. And I just let let things slide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, I I think I and you know you shouldn't be we shouldn't I do this and I'm trying to be better at it. We shouldn't right. live in a constant state of stress. Um. But right. but if you have no self doubt, you're not going right. to be anticipating problems. You're I not agree. going to be trying to improve yourself. Um, right. You're just going to go in and you're going to coast and you're going to probably get it done and it'll be fine. Right. Um, so, I, but but it won't necessarily be great. And so, yeah, media, mediocrity does not create fear. No, no, it no. doesn't. And, and it doesn't <laughs> come from some doubt. It comes from I'm great. I don't have to yeah. die or be no right. Exactly. So it's just mediocre. So it's, it's just it's, you know. Yeah. When you really try, you really put yourself out there. It creates an amount of fear because you're you're sticking your neck out. Yes. And you're painting yourself into a corner and you're figuring the way out of it. And so maybe it doesn't need to come from fear or stress, but definitely um, questioning yourself is not right. a bad thing. So if you're listening to this and you're feeling self-doubt, awesome. You're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we we have a that self-doubt, but push through it. We have a huge group right now. We have a, a nice crowd right now listening on right now. So they, they want to hear these things from you. They want to hear every piece of advice that you can give them that can help them have either mental health, spiritual health, or physical health. They want to hear all of those things. Oh, great. So do I. Yeah. No, then push through it. Feel that self-doubt. Yeah. Embrace that self-doubt. Allow that to make you better. Prove yourself wrong. Feel the self-doubt yeah. and then prove yourself wrong. And that is the best advice I can give. And all the best people that I know in this industry who are doing the most exceptional work have such self-doubt. But they work right. through it and they prove themselves wrong every single day. And now when I'm interviewing crew members and when I'm interviewing actors or people that I want to work with, it's finding that balance of people who have the self-doubt, who push through it and don't let it cripple them and paralyze them, right. um, who, who allow it to challenge them to become better. But if I, if I interview someone for a job and they're like, yeah, I totally got this, no question, then I'm not <laughs> interested. But if I interview them for a job and they're like, you know what, I've never done it. I think it's really, really cool. Um, this is right. how I would tackle it. This is how I would approach it. But, um, you know, these are the questions I have and these are the uncertainties I have. I respect the heck out of that person. And right. there's been too many times where I have hired people who are like, yeah, I could totally do this. And, I, and they don't. And they can't. Right. And I regret hiring them. <laughs> so now when I interview people, I look for a can-do attitude and an honesty right. about their limitations. Because usually nice. when you're honest about your limitations, you're wrong. You right. you don't realize how good you actually are because you're constantly checking in with yourself and trying to figure out. So have yourself out and then prove yourself wrong. That would be the best advice that I that I could give, and that's what I have to. That's what I do every day. Now, what do you what do you do about the you know the rejection 
that you go through on really a monthly basis on different projects daily. that you may not have Ooh, gotten, just things really, that things have. Yeah, it's, it's a daily basis, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's a daily yeah. basis. <laughs> um, <laughs> you just have to keep going and you have yeah. to find a way to realize that it's actually not personal. And it doesn't make right. sense to say that it's not personal because it's your art and nothing is more personal right. than your art. But art is so subjective and um, it has not, it really has very little to do with you. Like I was just sitting in and around of auditions and it wasn't my show. I was just observing and we had exceptional people come in, people who were, right. who were making the whole room laugh that people were loving, <clears throat> like just, they just loved and they right. would walk out the room and the room would go, wow, holy right. crap. That was amazing. And then they'd say, but he looks exactly like our lead. So we can't cast him. Right. And so then right. they cast somebody who wasn't as good. Or right. I've heard people say, mm, she reminds me too much of my ex-girlfriend. I really don't want her on this shoot. Like there, right. I've heard things like that behind. So so little of it actually has to do with how great you are. But all you have to do is come in and be great for an audition, for an interview. And the seeds that you're planting, you don't even realize, will come to fruition in, in five or ten years. I mean, I just directed my second feature this summer. And nice. the producer who brought me on, I worked with like ten years ago. And wow. it was a mutual admiration, and we had always tried to we, – we haven't talked in a really long time, but I always admired her, and she had always admired me. And when she read this script, unbeknownst to me, she read the script and went, oh, my God, nobody but America can do this. Nice. And brought me in immediately. And I hadn't talked to her in a really long time. Like, we touched base every once in a while, and we would send a text every year, maybe. <laughs> but you, you're planting seeds by being right. hardworking and genuine and, and involved of other people. And yeah. involved. And just constantly – that's the other thing is I would just say constantly be creating. If you're, yeah. if you're a director, constantly be directing, even if you're just shooting on your phone in your backyard. If you're right. an actor, constantly be acting, even if you're just – Practicing, your, practicing sides every single day on tape to improve yourself or writing roles that you want to play in or painting or playing guitar, like just constantly be creating. And that's yeah. how you, rejection is destruction. And as yeah. long as you're creating, that's how you balance the force. Yes. <laughs> the force. The force needs to be balanced at all times. <laughs> so that, that's how you balance it. Rejection can feel destructive. Right. So that means you need to create. It does. It does. So we, we, we we talked about the first project that you, that you felt like you, that you were a director. When did you feel the flow of directing or the the flow of being in that, that projectile? Pretty soon. I mean, I, Hmm. I actually had spent, I've spent so much time on set and almost every capacity. Um, I've done almost every job on set. Not well. Not not always right. well. Not every time. Well, you, you, what, what have you done? I mean, you've stunt coordinated. You've done stunts. You've mm-hmm. you've acted. You've directed. You've produced. You've written. You and I'm just doing off the top of my head. And you're yeah, and you're and, produ- and, as you low, and, and, and as a low budget producer, I have camera yeah. ops. I have lit. Yeah. I have called craft services. I have right. painted my own sets. I have done my own props. Um, I've done my own wardrobe. Um, not again, not particularly spectacularly well, but I have done it. <laughs> but you've done um, it. I, yeah, I've done it. I, I'm trying to think yeah. if there's any. You know, that sounds like a I stage background, by the way. That does def- definitely yeah. sounds sounds like a stage background. Somebody who just can do everything. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and you just have to if you're making your own stuff. Um, yeah. And that's, that's actually a gift. That's the other thing that I found is at the time I kind of grumbled about it, but now I look back at it and I realize what a gift it is. Because if we were if we were living in like the 1950s, I wouldn't. This would be an option for me. No. I wouldn't be able. Not because I'm a woman. That has nothing to do with it. Well, maybe, but it has Partially. nothing to do with it. It has everything to do yeah. with the fact that the studios were the only ones who made movies. The end. Right. Right. But now we can. Anyone can. And right. get to make a movie if they want to. We have so many options right now. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. We get to. Yeah. And so anytime I'm sitting there painting my own set while calling for crafty and, and lighting something at the same time, I think yeah. I'm starting to grumble about the fact that I don't have help. I think to myself, yes, but I get to do this. Right. And yes, this is exhausting, and God, it would be amazing to have someone who is better at this than me doing this job, but also <laughs> I get to do this. Right. I have the ability to actually do this. And so, um, so yeah, I've, I think I've done almost every single position. The ones I've done consistently with success has been um, producing, <laughs> writing, stunt coordinating, and stunts and acting, and then directing, wow. obviously. Yeah. So, so when I'm on set, having done most positions, I have an idea of how to speak to a lot of the different departments because I know what they do. I respect the hell out of what they do. I'm so freaking grateful that somebody else yeah. is doing it, not me. <laughs> and so that is really helpful with the flow of it. Um, so even some, on something like that very first music video, Faye was doing a lot of the producing as well as starring in it. And um, we were a team and we were pulling the stuff together. We had a producer, Devin Quinn, who now actually moves at Marvel. And we, nice. we, um, we had, we had a great team, even though we were on a low budget. And it was, that was one of the first times where I was like, Oh, wow, I really, I really feel comfortable in this spot. I really know what I'm doing and I really know how to pull it all together. I still have, a lot to learn I still you will always have a lot to learn you know right no matter who you are you will always have a lot to learn and that's cool and that's exciting um but uh yeah that felt really good yeah it's always malleable so it's it's constantly moving around and 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 fluctuating and things are changing all the time right yeah yeah constantly I mean you you always plan as much as possible that's something I've learned from indie stuff is plan as much as you can be as prepared as possible so that when everything falls apart and it will, and it does, right. um, you're prepared for it. And you've already right. thought of seven different backup options so that you can jump in and with, you know, uh, plan number J since plan right. A didn't work. Um, right. And so, and, but those always actually on sets always, they usually end up being some of the best parts of the movie, you know, right. um, those are the moments that end up, being feeling so real and so alive because they're they are literally thought of in the moment and so that's also really cool is some of my favorite you know that 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 i'm sure you know the story of the indiana jones um when when he's a when the guy with the swords comes at him sure yeah and and indy like they they had practiced for weeks they had practiced that right. sword fight for weeks sure between indy and the guy and then that day he was just sick <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. And, just like, and it was just the easiest thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Can, can I please just shoot him? And he did. And now that's one of the most iconic, hilarious things right. of the movie. And that was right. planned. What was planned was a really badass sword fight. But this turned out so much better. And so there's so many times when everything you planned, of all the things you planned, something else comes up better, which is all the more reason to listen when people have suggestions too. Absolutely. 
Wait, do you find that a lot in, in, in films or, or projects that you're doing that things are, are, are sliding in a way that, that it needs to be adjusted? Or, or, or do you constantly go by the, like Quentin Tarantino film, by the word? I'm so sorry, I lost you in that last word. What was that? So, so are you more like the Quentin Tarantino type, where you stick to the script, where you skip, you you stay really formatted to what you want to do, or do you stay malleable on this on set, like where you can kind of move around? I'm somewhere in between, and it really depends on the project. When you're directing television, right. the scripts are pretty honed in. You know, right. the direct the 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 showrunners and the writers have spent a lot of time perfecting each word and they're planting seeds for episodes, 10 episodes down the road. Do you really want to stick to the script um, and the vision of the show? Because they've, they've had the script, you know, you get usually on a TV show, you get the script the day before prep and then you dive right in. So you've got your writers and your showrunners and your producers who have put so much thought and time into this so much more than you've even had a chance to do. So on television, you really do stick, as much as you can to the format of the script. And, you know, in the moment, if you're, if you realize that a line isn't working or you realize that something is bumping, you can, you, you collaborate with the team and say, what do we right. do? Does this, does this work? Does this not work? And then we figure out right. something else. So it's, it's a different, it's a different structure, um, uh, which is actually really fun and an, an amazing collaboration. Um, for movies, it's different. Uh, movies, I, I, you, you, um, especially depending on how developed the script is, and you just you want to give yourself a lot more options. For right. Movies. So now, when um, when did you start moving into comedy. that area? I mean, I mean, you obviously went from smaller films to to, to now being more of the like I said, the top tier directors out there. So how, how is it that you made this kind of, when did you feel like you made that leap from one step to, an, to the next step? It's, it's minutia. I mean, it is minute yeah. every step, you know, at, at this point, I've been doing this for a while, but I, I've done 13 short films. I did my yeah. first feature back in 2014 right. when we shot it and post took forever. And that was, the Confessionaires Must Die, which is executive produced by Stan Lee. And that we, mm. we took forever for post. You know, there's that saying, quick, fast, cheap. You can only have right. two. Um, right. Well, we wanted it to be good. <laughs> right. And we needed it to be cheap out of necessity, so it was not fast. Right. Um, right. So, um, and my producers on that, um, Jackie Rubin and Jason Dibler and Ron Cohen, were phenomenal. And they stuck with me all through, like, three years of post. Um, wow. so, so, um, but it's just, it's just been a transition of little bit by little bit and constantly just taking every opportunity I can to create stuff because now I just, you know, I'm in post on my second feature back to Lila, um, which I'm mm. hope, we're hoping will come out in 2020 and nice. it's just delightful. Um, and then, but I've also directed, I directed an entire season of an animated show for Mattel. I've directed a video game. I've directed three entire web series. What a Lark is on Amazon right now. And it's like drag queens and motherhood. I just, I just find the people that I love to work with. Um, and that's with Tara Platt. Uh, and I find the people that I love to work with and I just make stuff with them. And that's what I, I just continue to do. People that inspire me and um, that reach out to me that I love their stories and them as humans. Well, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about Back to Lila. That's sure. coming out within 2020, is it not? That's the hope. Yes. Nice. Please yeah. tell us a little bit about this film. 
So Back to Lila is the one that I was referencing earlier. Ana Menendez is the one, the producer who brought me on, who I met 10 years ago, and we haven't really worked with since. And then she thought of me for this. So talk about a phenomenal nice. seed that I that was planted that, that paid off in the most beautiful way. Um, and she's, she's the powerhouse producer who just fought for me to get on this movie, which I'm so grateful for. Um, and the whole journey was wonderful. The, the story the story is um, written by Memo Noriega, and it is like uh, Wizard of Oz meets Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. It's it's just this fun. That's a nice mixture. Trippy, oh yeah, magical surreal, uh, surrealism with with yeah. mermaids and, <laughs> and robots and werewolves. It's just it's just it's really fun. It's lighthearted um, and it's really hopeful. Um, and so that's, that's hopefully coming out in 2020. Um, we're just about to picture lock on that. Uh, uh, and Gonzalo Martin was the lead and he is a star in the making. He was phenomenal in it. Um, he carried the whole movie really, really well. And we just had a great supporting cast. Um, so it, I mean, you definitely check out the IMDb cause I don't want to bore you guys all with a list of names, but um, we have, <laughs> we just had a phenomenal supporting cast. Every single person, uh, just killed their roles. Um, and so Gonzalo's like friends in the movie are played by Chris Lee, Alex, uh, Felix, uh, Charlie Patton and, um, Esteban, um, I oh, I know his last name. Um, I'm just not sure how to pronounce it. But he's phenomenal. He steals the movie, and um, nice. he it's just it's just a beautiful it's a beautiful movie that we're really really proud of. Um, and I can't wait to show the world. Nice, nice. And you expect it to be released in 2020? Yes, that's the plan. That's the plan. nice. So what have you what have you been working on, on lately as far as television wise? I, I see that you're popping you're popping hard right these days uh, on some different television shows. Anything you can talk about? Yeah, um, the two things I can talk about is uh, Legacies. I just turned in my director nice. cut for Legacies, uh, which was Wonderful. a blast to work on. I I've actually really always liked Vampire Diaries, so getting to play yeah. in that world was really really cool. Um, and that was enjoyable. I wanted to ask you about that, you know, because I, yeah. I, I love the vampire world. How how was it like to delve into that into that uh, into that world right there? I mean, it's a really nice show. Oh yeah, it's such a good show. And Legacies is really fun. Legacies is like Harry Potter meets X Men. You know, it takes yeah. place at the high school <laughs> and these really cool kids. Um, and it was really fun to dive into it. And the being a fan of it, it was really fun to be able to, like, it already felt like I had a shorthand. So I could be like, oh, right. okay, well, that spell goes, you can't just handle this way, but this spell is this way, right? And when you're vamping, this is a lot. Like, I knew it was just nice. It, it was definitely felt like I had a shorthand um, right. and uh, really fun to play. And, and the the storyline that I got to direct, which I can't talk about, is right up my alley. Yeah. Nice. Every way has so much to do with what we just talked about at the beginning of this 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 uh this recording. So nice. um it's it's really it's really darling and special and that'll come out wow. I believe the end of January. My episode. And then I also my first ever episode of television was Blind Spot. And hmm. um the creator on that is That's Martin a great Zero, show. and yeah, it's such a good show and I'm so yeah. grateful to him for giving me my first directing spot um nice. and uh it was so much fun to work on that that was up in new york and it's such a 
it's such a kick-ass show and getting to jump in and um, and play with them was awesome. And that'll nice. air this summer, I believe, is the last I heard. Um, and it's the final season, the fifth and final. Oh, no, we had a, we had a mutual friend who did stunts on 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 that on that episode right there. So I was very proud of her that she she had a, she had an airing on that. How was it like recording that episode with, with all those great, the great cast? I mean, they, they've been wow. together for a little while now. Yeah, they've been together five years now, and yeah. they, you know they've really gotten their groove going. Um, and it was it was it was really great. It was really great to work with everybody. Um, and and you know it's interesting as a as a guest director, you're kind of coming in and you're figuring out this is why I think me moving around so much has become such yeah. a wonderful tool for directing is that you're coming into a situation that they've been working together for five years and you're just figuring it with the same thing with the crew. The crew has been working together for 15, I think, especially the camera crew. And so you, yeah. you just figure out the groove that they're in and then you fall into that groove and you maximize it as much as you possibly can to make sure right. that you get the best possible episode for the show for them and that they have the best time doing it, you know? Is, is there um, kind of a, a spirit teacher kind of mentality going on there as well, though? I mean, when you come in as like a teacher, that, that, teacher. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, not, that's not the consistent one. Like, they're like, they let us get away with this much in class when, when that might not necessarily be true. Do you find that hijinks at all happens on set? <laughs> a little bit because they have such a big turnover of directors and they haven't always had great ones, you know, or yeah. they haven't always had people who, who drive with their personalities. When or listen. Come in, when you have such a constant turnover, or listen. Yeah. They have people who come in who don't listen, um, yeah. who don't necessarily respect it. Um, and I, you know, I don't know who they are, but I, right. I'm sure that it right. happens, especially when you've got a show that's been on for five years. You know, you, they've sure. had some guys at some point, I would think. Um, and uh, although I feel like their team is really good at rooting those out, but yeah, there's a right. little bit of testing, but it's not so much about what they can get away with. It, there's a little bit of testing about who is this person and will this be a good shoot or will this be a tedious one does this person right. has this person done their homework does this person care about the show is this person enthusiastic and happy to be here is this person miserable and doesn't care has this person done their work does this is or right. are we going to have really long days in which they figure it out on the fly or have they done the work and we're going to have good efficient days in which we can really fu have fun and play so because right. they they all still really want to do the best possible show ever you know that's still their faces up there the crew, that's still their names and the credits. They all want the best possible show. They just want to make sure that the person coming in also does um, right. and aligns with what they want. So that, that, those, that's the testing that I've, I've experienced so far. Sure. And it's not malicious in any way. It's not malicious. Right. It's just purely like, who is this person um, who's going to be leading us for the next episode? Well, you need to be a strong personality like. to get over through that, 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 that kind of – I don't know, you know, the vetting process, it sounds, it sounds intense for it, for a man or a woman. It doesn't really matter what, what sex you are at all. That sounds intense. No, it, it, uh, yeah, it's tense for whoever, but I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. What's, it's about listening. It's about yeah. um, trusting the fact that they've been doing the show for five years or in case of legacies, they've only been doing the show halfway through their second season, but Right. That team has been together since Vampire Diaries. So there's listening and trusting the fact that this team knows what they're talking about. Right. It's not your job to come in and change everything and tell them how to do their jobs. 
you come in and you listen to what they have to say about their show that you are visiting, and then right. you contribute as much as you possibly can um, to, again, make it a wonderful experience for everyone, but also the best possible version of the show that you can do. Um, it, so it's, about, it's he, about the listening. And if you're listening to them, I, I have found that that's really helpful because they really know what they're doing. They know their jobs. Well, it seems like there's a lot of consistencies here, you know, because if you wouldn't have had the background that you had right now with moving around and learning how to adjust with different environments, with different kinds of people, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if you would have been so adjustable with these kind of environments that you're with right now where you're coming into an environment that's already set and you need to you need to fill in or you need to fit in pretty quickly. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, some people could maybe be adjustable without that background, but having hmm. gone to four different high schools, um, this is like coming to a new yeah. high school. Yeah. You know, only less brutal. <laughs> high school was awful. Uh, <laughs> that, yeah, that sounds awful, though. <laughs> yeah. If you could survive high school, if you could survive high school, you could probably survive anything. High school is just <laughs> the worst. Yeah, um, it was hell. But, it was uh, hell. It was. It was really hell. And if I'm yeah, listening was. right now is having a horrible time in high school, I promise you, I swear to you, it gets better. I I, that's, that's what I. That's what I constantly want everybody to say to our young viewer, young listeners, right oh, now. Yeah. You know, please, God, it gets so much better than 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 high school. Oh my gosh, those are the worst years of your life. Trust me. They will it, be. They will be the worst yeah. years of your life. And I went to four different ones, and I can tell you, they all suck. They all suck for different reasons, they suck. They do, for all different reasons, too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, because kids are just so horrible at that age. Yes. I don't know what the answer is and how to solve that, and that's next on my list is how to figure that out so that high school is miserable. <laughs> but um, for the you know for the first 10 years after high school, all, all what drove me was proving that high school was wrong. So nice. Just, if you're listening, high school sucks. <laughs> I promise you it sucks, and I promise you it gets better. So please hang, it, hang out. Please, please Not... check it out. And if you need encouragement, <laughs> tweet at me, and I'll remind you. <laughs> so I, I recently saw that you, you had a, um, an opening for, for some female directors, right, or for, for directors recently. Now, now what, what event did you have? Oh, yes. So I uh, started a nonprofit um, okay. called the Chimera Project with Shauna Betts and Cheryl Bookout. And um, the whole point nice. of that is just to move us more towards gender parity in the film industry and all positions behind the camera and in front of the camera, but mainly behind camera is what we're focusing on. So right. what we were pushing for recently like DP, was the, that kind of thing? Um, what, I'm sorry, say that again? Like, like, like DPs and that kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, DPs, directing, producing, writing, editing, staffing, nice. gripping, like whatever somebody would like to do. That is what right. we're hoping for. And so we're starting with focusing on directing because they help with a lot of the hiring. And we feel like by making that switch, it'll, it'll be definitely right. um, it'll affect everything below it. Um, but we, we definitely support anyone in any position that they want. And, and it's, you know, women, it, it, it's uh, individuals identifying as women because it's, it's about the most important thing is getting untold stories out there and underrepresented right. stories out there. So uh, any individuals identifying as women have um, stories that I think. Well, I understand really, what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful. Yes. Yeah. 
So, so what we did recently is we had a. We you know what? You know what's you know what's really silly is I just assumed that's what you meant. I don't I don't know if I've, oh, I've, I I'm it. properly I'm properly trained already or my brain just switched over. That. I just immediately assumed that's what you were talking about. But go ahead, please. Uh, that's, that's, that's hilarious. That's amazing that you automatically assumed it. I love it, and a lot of the times that's 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 always what I mean. That's always yeah. what I mean. But yeah. for people, there's so many people who haven't been trained yet, and there's so many people who have been felt left out and isolated for so long. I always, I always want to make the the effort to, sure. to say it, so that if there's any question, you don't know me, you don't know that like that's always what I mean. So, right. but I love that that's automatically what you meant. That's fantastic. yeah. I was I was weirded um, out by that. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah. Well, obviously, uh, <laughs> and I can't wait until it's yeah, it's obviously, but sadly, right. it's not yet. Um. So we had the opportunity for finishing funds. So we nice. were inviting uh, directors to submit their movies that, so one of the hardest things about making a movie is getting started and then finishing. Those are kind of the two hardest parts. Hmm. The in-between part usually isn't as bad, but it's when you're, you know, in, in post and you're out of money and um, you realize how close the finish line is and you just can't, you actually just can't get there. Um, right. And so many movies never make it across the finish line because of that. So we were excited to offer an opportunity for finishing funds. And so we were inviting directors to submit their films and we got some spectacular ones. So spectacular really? in fact that we've had to push back our announcing deadline uh, two weeks now, maybe it's even three weeks <laughs> because they're so good. And the debates about who should get it are getting so heated. That's um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's phenomenal. And the the Chimera project, um, if you guys want to check it out, is c h i m a e r a project dot org. Uh, and nice. um, there's we're doing Chimera dot org. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Chimera project, Chimera project dot Chimera project dot com or dot org. Yes. Yeah. Org, yeah. Um, and we do a lot of events. We do panels. We do, we just did a, we also just did an, an action workshop um, yeah. in which we brought in a bunch of stunt professionals who, and coordinators who talked about um, how to get, how to handle your action so you don't feel intimidated, you know, so you can tell the story you want to tell. And then we had two amazing stunt performers who came up and then they, we figured out, all, all of us figured out a fight together with the directors and the stunt coordinators. And then the directors were invited up to come shoot the fight. Oh, uh, you, um, you, you did like an episode so in Meisner on, on your, on your stage. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. We, we, we gave, we give everybody an opportunity to get in and, and get their hands dirty and, and learn just hands-on so that they'll be less intimidated yeah. next time they want to broach this. Uh, I think that it went really, really well. So I think we'll be doing another one of those. So um, if anyone has any questions or wants to be involved, uh, please check out the site. Yeah. There's a lot of women directors that are listening to the show right now. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I love meeting different directors of different different sites. I came back from the Sholo Film Festival and there was a large assortment of female directors right now. Do you find do you find that to be the thing do you find that to be the thing right now whereas women are, are getting not an even kill but 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 a but kind of a push ahead right now? The Me Too movement has definitely people, motivated people to do something. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, Me Too has definitely motivated people to come out and talk about their experiences um, that were 
horrible that unfortunately right. every single person I know has had several. Um, but and then and then the push for gender parity has motivated people to work a little bit harder to find to reach outside their comfort zone to bring in new people, which is yeah. um, a wonderful a wonderful thing. I mean, they, Variety just released an article. Variety. Oh, I hope it was Variety. Um, okay. That, but I think Variety just released an article saying that uh, almost. 50%, if not 50% of all the shows this year were directed by women and people of color, um, right. which is an amazing thing. Uh, it, when you look at the actual numbers, it's, you know, it's, it's a 12% increase or a, a 7% increase here. And, but the good news that I want to point out is that when you look at the number of, white, of um, episodes of television directed by white males, it only went down by 6%. And that's right. because there's just so much more television. So the, the mm. awesome thing is, is that the numbers on the uh, women and people of color are going up and the numbers of the white male are not necessarily going down. So this isn't us versus them. This is right. us all working together and look how easily we can make this happen when nobody's losing. It's a win-win for everyone. Well, I, mean, I, I would think that, that I would think there's right. so much yeah. enough space for everything. I mean, Apple plus Disney plus oh, Netflix, yeah. there are so many venues. I mean, Yahoo, there, there are so not Yahoo, but Amazon, there's so many different yeah. venues, Hulu. There's so many venues for you to get your art out there. I would, I would hate to think, or dislike to think that the world would cons- consistently put us against each other when, as a matter of fact, there's so much room for all of our stories to be told. I, I think that um, it's common for representation to tell their clients, oh, they gave it to a woman, oh, they gave it to a person of color. I think right. they're doing that to um, not make that person feel bad. Uh, and, and I understand that as an agent, that's kind of their job is to keep them bolstered up throughout their, all the rejections that this, we constantly go through, but that does concern me because I don't want this to become an us versus them. I think some of the best opportunities I've had in my career have come from men and I, I support them as much as they have supported me. And so I, I think if we're all fighting to do this together, we can do it and it can still be a win-win. And that's what I thought was interesting to point about those numbers is yes, 50% of television this year uh, has been directed by women or people of color, but only 6% of men lost their jobs. And that's actually not horrible considering how much of an improvement it was for the other side. So um, I I, I think that's important to point out that we can all support each other. And this can be about the best person getting the job. And um, the only way you can survive this constant rejection is by the support of the people that you respect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I can tell that your 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 political stances and a lot of the a lot of the way that you play politics is definitely the way that you've uh, proceeded in in your future career. I mean, you're definitely very political the way you talk. You're very smart on the way you say things. So it's it's obvious that you're very <laughs> that you're that you're a little careful and well thought out on, on when you say things. <laughs> Words have so much power, you know. Words have they do. so much power. And and I I want to honor that you know yeah. I want to make sure that I'm gl- I'm glad you do I'm clear on that yeah yeah, yeah. I, I'm um, I'm not a big fan when people just blow their mouth out um, I, I'm I'm yeah. really I really respect when people think about what they're going to say before they say it and, and are a little more careful yeah it's and and I also usually find because I have been the person who has uh, just spoken without thinking 
And I usually find that that's a passing thought that I don't actually believe. I just thought it in the moment. And then right. the thought that I'm actually thinking that actually is a true, truly resonates with who I am as a person most days is the mm. one that I, if I take a beat and plot it out. But the first thought right. I have is usually just an instinctual thing, but it's not what I actually believe, you know, it's, right. it's more of a knee-jerk response. Sure. Um, so I definitely have become more of a processor so that I can speak my actual truth instead of my, you know, immediate thought, fleeting thought right. that means nothing. The, the impulsivity. Yeah. Do you find impulsivity yeah. to be a, to yeah. be a problem with today's generation right now? I, I you know, I, I see I see people in film that impulsivity is is really not the best thing to go for. Yeah, I I think that we don't actually mean the first things that come out of our mouths a lot of the time. Um, I, a knee-jerk response to something is not necessarily how you actually feel. And someone can say something to you that triggers a response that's impulsive, and then you realize oh, what they said isn't actually, and you turn around and say, well, I hate you, or I'm mad at you, or you're dumb. And then you think about what they said, and you realize, oh, I actually wasn't responding to what they said. I was responding right. to the fact that um, I'm feeling really bad about myself, and they found that soft spot, and they right. didn't mean to. And then, you, then you've said something now that's really hard to come back from. Um, and, and words are so important. And, you know, they, they, they say that for every... For every insult you hear, you have to hear 12 compliments to counteract that. In your <laughs> That's right. Ego, right. Right. So, so then, so before you throw out an insult, realize how much power that has and, mm. and hesitate and just wait. Just even if you just count to five before you say it and make sure that you still want it. And that's something you teach kids, but I think a lot of adults need it. A lot of adults are just striking yeah. out without thinking about the fact that they, they are not helping a situation and they're not helping themselves. by That, by that absolutely must help small. you with your directing because, I mean, like, like what you said is, is you know, children and, and adults, they act very similar. So I'm pretty sure there's people yeah. who just act out and, and it's just a way for you just to kind of smooth it over because you understand what they're doing or what's, what's behind it. And, and we're dealing with artists and this is so mm. vulnerable for them. You know, yeah. they're putting their heart out there, whether it's the lighting or whether it's the camera angle or whether it's the um, the actor who is putting themselves out there emotionally. This is a very raw place. This is yeah. a very raw emotional space. Um, if it's the wardrobe designer who, who stayed up all night making that, that wardrobe and you go, oh, I hate it. You know, hmm. it's, they, they put their heart and soul into that creation. It's a right. very vulnerable spot for them and for you not to find a way to express your dislike of something or displeasure for something in a way that's constructive, that doesn't help you. So if, if again, with right. this word, going back to the costume, if you're looking at it and you say, holy shit, you put a lot of work into this. This is gorgeous. But my concern is that the walls are blue and she's wearing blue and she's going to blend in. What can we mm. do about that? Right. You know, and then they can go, oh, well, I can give her a red scarf. That'll make her pop even more. Or, oh, I can, you know, and then there's, then, and then, and then the DP can say, oh, I can, I can throw a gel on this light, which makes the, the wall a different. Like there's so many different ways that you construct it, constructively handle something because somebody's put mm. their heart into it. And if they haven't put their heart right. into it, you don't want to work with them. So if they have put their heart into it, then you, then it's especially on set. That diplomacy is so important. It's respect. You're not, right. you're not lying. You're not doing it. It's not a white lie. It's not a lie. It's not being disingenuous. It's being 
observant of the work and heart they've put into it and right. hating the fact and being that sincere. that's a vulnerable spot for them. Yeah. yeah. And being sincere yeah. about it, genuinely meaning it. And then being constructive yeah. about it, you know, explain why you don't, why it's not going to work for you. Don't say I don't like it. Just say it's not going to work for me because of this. And then you come up with something really cool, you know? So hmm. yes, I, I, I really think in life, in your personal relationships, in work, yeah. Um, whatever your job is, just recognizing that most people are coming from a vulnerable place and you don't know what happened to them that morning. They might have gotten a car accident. They might have gotten in a fight with their spouse. You don't know where they are. And just taking that moment to go, okay, look, you're in a, you're in a place, um, so let's address it. Hmm. You know, and right, I, right. I just found that to be really constructive. Um, hmm. and, and that's, that's what we're all trying to do is just make right. things better. Let me ask you, where, where, where do you want America Young to be in 10 years from now? Where, where, what are you pushing for right now? What do you want? Oh, good question. Um, in 10 years from now, I will have for sure directed something Star Wars related. Sure. <laughs> Hopefully the Whether Mandalorian. Mandalorian. <laughs> yes, or the new Obi-Wan show coming out very soon. Oh, yeah, something, man, something. Oh, that'd um, be great. Oh, that would be incredible. Uh, I yeah. like. I want John Favreau's career. That's what I want. Yeah. I want, I, want, <laughs> I want to do what John Favreau has done. He has had the most amazing career. It's magic. It's um, magic. Yeah, yeah. Everything he, he touches is magic. And he is, yes. And he, but he's worked so hard for it, and he has yes. the imagination for it. And from what I understand, he's a pleasure to work with. And yeah. he, he, from I would like in ten years, I would like to be where um, John Favreau is now. Nice, nice. That, is my, that would be. I can definitely see ideal. your personality fit, fitting within that because you're you're very political. You're very smart. The way you talk, you're very tactical with the way you talk. I mean the way you move, Thank the you. way you make your projects. I love your projects. I love the way you, you, you work in your professional life. So I definitely see you fitting within that cycle. That's, that's, that's interesting. You didn't say J.J. Abrams. You said yeah. uh, John Favreau. <laughs> John Favreau. J.J. Abrams wouldn't be bad either. No, it, wouldn't be, it would, would not be bad, uh, but I would choose no, John Favreau personally. I mean, after, after, you, yeah. after you watch like, his career, it's like, wow. Can you, can you touch yeah. something that goes bad? Wait, I don't even want to know. Yeah, no, I know. I I think he's he's he has been he has had a phenomenal career, and I think he's earned it. Um, yeah. it sounds like for all intents and purposes, he has earned it, and I respect that. Uh, yeah. So, um, John Favreau's career, I think, would be great. Have you have you been watching thank the Mandalorian show at all? <laughs> Please and yeah, thank you as soon as of possible. I have. <laughs> I have. Uh, I have not watched Fridays yet, so please no spoilers. Oh, but, you have um, not watched yeah. the third episode. Wow, you're you're lucky. No. I was saying spoilers last time. Well, that's nice. Good. Oh, you were. Yeah. No, I was. I'm not, I um. I I'm I'm waiting to watch it. I, I will tell you this much. It is the it is the best episode. I will just say that that's much. That's what I've heard. It that is the is best what I've heard. episode. Ugh. This is a great show. I love this show. I recommend that all of our listeners go watch The Mandalorian as quickly as possible. It is worth the Disney Plus subscription to me alone. Yeah. For that for that it's show. Great. I, it's pretty it's fantastic. Great. I mean, it it's, it reminds yeah. me a, a lot like Lone Wolf and the Cub, if you want to watch about Japanese mm-hmm. manga, about about a samurai mm-hmm. and his child. So it's so much like that. And then you get spaghetti westerns in there as well. 
So it just ties yeah. in so well to the epic stories. I, I can't talk about the last episode without destroying America Young's mentality uh, on <laughs> the Mandalorian. <laughs> I know, but 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 she already knows there's a baby Yoda. So you know yeah, the uh, yeah the the uh, the embargo has been lifted on talking about baby baby Yoda. On, yeah, on ba- pop, baby Yoda. Pop culture. That, that's totally fine. But and that much that much you know. Baby Yoda has powers because of the mudhorn thing. Oh so, my god. Um, yeah, that was so good. And, and, and the sense of humor, the show has a sense yes. of humor. The fighting is yeah. really, I really love the fighting because it feels grounded and it feels more yes. like the original Star Wars movies. It's not like this crazy elevated wire work stuff. Um, yeah. So everything about it just felt like the original movies it, with the humor, with the pacing, with the Oh, it did. Um, yeah, didn't story it? Line. Yeah. yeah. Somebody, yeah, somebody did their homework. Like... <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. See, he earned it because he's writing those too. So Yo, he's, um, he's writing, executive producing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the last, the, the episode you have not seen yet was directed by a woman. And I, I will say this, it I is, the, it is the, uh, Deborah is the Chong, I believe her name is. It is the best episode by, by, oh, by really? far. Oh yeah. I, I can't, I can't I'm wait in. for you to see I'm it. In. <laughs> I cannot wait. So, okay. So, so that's where you want to be in 10 years. Are there any projects that you want to talk about now that you, that you're working on? Um, I think about what I can talk about. Um, I'm what working on a few video about? game stunt coordinating, but I can't really talk about those. Um, now you've done a lot I, of mocapping, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've done yeah. a lot of mocap. Um, what have you done mocap for? What kind of games have you done mocap for? Oh, so many. I mean, I think I'm on up to 50 titles at this point. Um, I think you're 53 uh, titles, been, actually. <laughs> 50, am I 53 titles? <laughs> I think you're at 53 titles now. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm just yeah, testing you. But just a lot yeah, of stuff. Probably. Yeah, it's it's been I've been doing it for a long time. I I love it. It's pure imagination. You're just in a big empty box. Um, yeah, with bubbles on you. Just, you have bubbles with those little metallic dots on you. And yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what's been released that I can talk about. That I was in the most recent Spider-Man one. Um, I worked on oh. that. Nice. Uh, with Yuri Lowenthal as Spider Man, he's amazing. What uh, character did you play? You were you were you were in you were in the uh, you were in the Sony um, Sony one. Yeah, the the from that's from incredible. Games. I, yeah, that's I did, a great I game. Did on it. Yeah, wow, it's such a good game. That was a great game. Such a great game. Um, yeah. I also did with Insomnia Sunset Overdrive, which is just such. A oh, that's a great game. game. Sunset Overdrive yeah. is a great game. It's really fun. So I did all the female motion capture on that. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, (laughs) What else? I've 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 worked on a bunch of different titles. I've worked on Halo. I've worked on Call of Duty. I've worked on Saints Rose. Those were a blast to work on. I've worked on... Wow. uh, I'm trying to think of what... There's been a bunch of stuff in the last couple of years, but they're so secretive. Um, Yeah, a lot of those things are are very hot touch. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's really a blast. Yeah. I Have you been work working with Ready Player One for a day? Oh, Ready Player One. Mm-hmm. That the game fun. or the movie? The the movie. Oh, nice. Yeah, and as as a as a huge fan of the book, that was a nice that was a nice bucket list. I really. It was a great book. book. That was a fantastic yeah. book. It was. Was there any you know talking to you know a writer, somebody who reads a lot. Uh, were there any particular books in your life that inspired you in your life? For me, it was like Wuthering Heights and and um, you know the the Tripods trilogy, something like that. But but what what kind of books inspired you in your life? 
Um, the books I always used to read uh, with my family were like Wizard of Oz, Peter Pan. Um, Peter Pan's great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I love Peter Pan. Um, Jane Austen. I really like Jane Austen and her sense of really? humor. Um, yeah, the uh, the Mars Chronicles. By oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of what else that I've read. I've read kind of um, the, uh, oh, the Foundation Trilogy. I really like. Oh, yeah. I really mm-hmm. love. But I also love, like, Mary Higgins Clark mystery books. Um, <laughs> I love. Uh, I've, I've always was all over the place with the things that I was reading. Um, right. Currently, I just read um, the Red Rising Trilogy, which was oh, yeah. really, really good. I really enjoyed yeah. that. Um, the nice. Wool. Um, Wool by Hugh, Howie, Howie, Hugh. Um, I'm, I'm just kind of all over. Whatever has a good story. I like all the mm. settings. I read drag, you know, from Dragonlance to sci-fi to sure. kind of all over the place. But I'm trying to think of what has inspired me. Yeah, what, what, really what, what kind of... I'll have to let you know. Uh, uh, yeah, as a, as a book, you know, when, when you think about books that kind of make you go like, you know, I can make this new movie or, you know, I, I can I, I can see the image in my mind. It's very easy for me to formulate this image in my brain. Those kind of books that are very important to you as you as you're you know, brought up yeah. in, in this kind of field. It's like what creates that that real strong image in your mind, your imagination? Has there been a book like that that's come along that that really just hit you in a hard way? It's in a really strong way. The, the Once and Future King um, hmm. was was an awesome book. Um, yeah. That hit me that way when I was a kid. I'm trying to think of stuff when I was younger. Um, when I don't know, I having grown up, it's it's such a, an interesting question because having grown up without television and really without a lot of movies. Sure. I feel like a, a majority of books I lived in them. So I think a majority right. of books I've I've kind of always just visualized as I read. See, them. for me, and for me, that's why it's yeah. difficult to ask you the question of like, you know, like what inspired you theatrically. Uh, but I, right. I guess I would ask that question as well. Like, what what theatrically, like, kind of like motivated you or pushed you along? For me, it was Phantom of the Opera. I remember when I watched Phantom of the Opera, I, I definitely felt like something in my mind said, "I can I can kind of do this." I can kind of really? create something That's like this. Yeah. My, yeah. my brain said that to myself. So my confidence level was at that level. So what is, what has come along that is, has done that to you at a young age or, or even, even as an adult, has it, has it been star Wars? Cause you talk about star Wars, like you want, you really, really want to do it. So I imagine you're going, uh, you're going to do it. So it, you've got to be you know, watching something like that. Oh, it's going to happen. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I guarantee I'm going to watch America Young uh, uh, as directed in Mandalorian or, or, uh, or, uh, or Boba, not Boba Fett, but it's going to be, um, what is it? What is the next one going to Obi-Wan. come out with? Yeah, that's Obi-Wan. Oh, I can't wait for that yeah. one. Obi-Wan. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. going to be a great show. Um, maybe, honestly, I think it might've been Doctor Who. Because I used Doctor to watch television. I was at, I ever watched when I was a kid was with Doctor Who with my dad. And That's fantastic. Yeah, I think that that was one of the first times that I really, um, I really thought about it. I mean, that and like Harvey or um, bringing up Baby really? or any of yeah. these older movies. I mean, that's that's still such a sensibility in my filmmaking, whether I realize it or not. Um, really. But I, yeah, I, I just. 
I've always been drawn to it. I just never, uh, it was always, it was always just trying to figure out how to do it. Um, right. I don't know. That's such a good question. That is definitely something I'm going to think about. <laughs> we'll go back to you. A specific moment. There isn't a specific moment that sticks out in my mind. It's just kind of been a right. gradual process. Well, you know, we're, we're, we're just tidying up now and just getting ready to go home. But, uh, but, you know, what have you been up to lately? Is there anything you can talk about that, that you want people to take notice of or you want people to listen to or watch that you're, you're, you're currently going to be on or you're currently going to be creating? Yeah. I mean, back to Lila, please keep an eye out for that. Um, the, uh, the Tamara project, um, it, please check that out and get involved if it's something that excites you. And, yes. uh, I don't know what else I'm allowed to talk about. Check out the legacies. You can check out legacies at the end of uh, January. Um, yes. that'll be airing, I believe it's the end of January. I think it's the 28th. Um, nice. check out blind spot when it comes out next summer. And I have some other things in the works that I think will be hopefully announced in the next month or so. But I, you know, at the, at the risk of uh, losing my house, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> so if we want to get in touch with, not in touch with you, but if we want to see your stuff, we want to pre- be present in your social existence. Where, where do we check it out? What, what is your, what is your Instagram? What's your Twitter? Where, where can we check out your handles? My Instagram and Twitter are both America Young under uh, sorry uh, America underscore Young. That's both okay. Twitter and Instagram. Um, America underscore Young, and then my website AmericaYoung.com um, has not totally up to date. I definitely need to update it, but um, it has yeah. a lot of the stuff that I've been up to. Um, nice. So uh, you can check that out, and there's also a way to contact me through that. Uh, oh, the other thing that um, that I, I would like to point out is that um, I was uh, part of helping rebrand Barbie starting nice. five years ago and um, making and bringing her into um, a more relatable um, role model. Uh, and so um, the vlog that she... Uh, I'm sorry. Barbie vlog on YouTube. I, let's, let's take a, 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 a hard stop right there. What was that? You you worked on the rebranding of Barbie. I, I was I was definitely part of that. Yeah. Um, wow. It's been, it's that's a huge, a huge, journey. that's a huge thing. I'm so proud of it. I'm so proud of it, and I'm so proud wow. of what we've been able to do with her. So, um, I was part of the the production that brought her into being a vlog. So she's got a vlog nice. on YouTube in which she talks about she does she does typical YouTuber stuff like put new challenges, but she also talks about um, depression. She talks about bullying. She talks about um, uh, supporting other women. She talks about mansplaining. She talks about um, you know reaching for the stars. Uh, she has wonderfully insecure, vulnerable moments that makes her much more relatable, but then she pushes through them and shows you how to meditate. And she's, she's just wow. become an incredible, incredible low model. And so they, they really brought her right into the forefront of, of, of people, of media, uh, yeah. so people could listen to her, listen to her advice. Did, did she come up with like advice and, and different mentalities of where she's coming from and things like that? Yeah, she gives advice. She gives feedback. Um, she talks about different situations that her friends have been in, um, both in school and and in life. And and um, she brings them on to talk about things. Like it's it's interesting. There was there was one that she talked. She brought on where um, she brought on her friends, and it was like a little talk show. And they talked about like 
how one of them is has too boisterous and is always everyone's giving her a hard time for having too much energy, and then the other one mm. is too shy, and how everyone's always right. judging them and making, you know, it's 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 amazing because they they have right. all these really fun crazy challenges. There's the whole um That's so sweet. of Barbie and Ken because they're you know they're 17 in these vlogs, so they're you know you're yeah. shipping Barbie and Ken pretty hard because they're so cute. Um, so you're shipping them, but, but, you have all that, but then in between all the fun, there'll be some really heartfelt um, ones. And the one that I'm the most proud of is actually one that I directed, which is about how women apologize too much and how mm. to not apologize as a reflex. You know, right. somebody bumps into you and you say you're I'm sorry, sorry when they bump yeah. into you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so that one actually went viral, and it got picked the, up by by Vice yeah, because the the, the apology the the apology mentality or the apology personality is is often looked upon as being down down the level or or not quite you know confident. Yeah, yeah, not as confident. Exactly. The minute you open, so one of the examples is if you're late for a meeting and you say sorry, sorry, as opposed to thank you so much for waiting. Right. You know, like right. there's a difference in in who you are walking in the door by the and, first. And that's again, that, that's that's just sem- that's that's semantics, and that's it's it's amazing yeah. how that helps out people in their lifetime. Absolutely, words have power, and when the first word yes. through the door at a work meeting is sorry, it's going to be different than thank you. And so right. that's something we had we had Barbie say we had Barbie go through that whole thing and and how to um, how to empower yourself and not just say sorry as a thank you as a reflex if you mean right. it if you've done something wrong absolutely right. you should say thank you but if as a reflex you shouldn't it shouldn't be the first thing right. out of your mouth all the time and I find that um, and I, so I, so in the vlog she challenges people to. Just try to go a day without saying it. Now try to go two days without saying it. Try something else. And I, so I did. I took the, I took her advice, and um, now I just say, you know, thank you, thank you. And if someone bumps into me, I don't say sorry. I say excuse me, or they say sorry, and I say you're great. Like I, I don't even <laughs> let them. <laughs> if someone bumps into me and says sorry, I say you're great. You're awesome. Like I. I don't even allow their sorries. Um, yeah. And I've also gotten into the habit if somebody, if I'm in a meeting and somebody. I, I don't, I, yeah, I don't allow I people to apologize. To no sorries. Yeah. No sorry. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't let people apologize. If people try to apologize to me, I go, no, no worries. No worries. There's no reason to yeah, apologize exactly. for anything. Yeah. Exactly. No worries. Exactly. Yeah. No worries. There's nothing to be worried about. You're awesome. Yeah. Stop apologizing. Yeah. Unless you've done something bad. Don't right. Apologize. If you've done something bad, then please so, apologize. But you you haven't, yeah. and you're just it's just a, a, a mistake that we all do in you know societal works. And you're you're fine. You're okay. You're fine. So I if if you're listening, you know, feel free to check those out. I'm really proud of them. I think you can you can show them to uh, kids, both boys and girls. Um, and there's I think we have like 70 episodes uh, blog. Wow. On uh, if you go to the Barbie YouTube and type in Barbie vlog it'll come up and you know, it's, it's just amazing. I, we just got the stats back and we've reached over a hundred and 125 million views. And we've, you know, the, the number of kids who've reached it. It just it feels amazing to feel like that's gigantic. That kind of positivity. Yeah. That yeah, must feel, fun. that must feel amazing to be able to touch you know, so many people to affect so many people in such a positive way. Uh, you know, yeah. cause a lot of people claim to be feminists and what have you, but when you take an active role, on 
the, the actions of feminism. I mean, that, that must that must feel completely different than just oh, speaking great. speaking words, right? Well, and Barbie has a massive pink megaphone, right? <laughs> like, she already has a built-in audience. And she has been a feminist for the majority of her existence. She was a right. feminist. Her, the whole existence of her was to give women, little girls, a toy to aspire to instead of just baby dolls when they first started. And she was the first pilot doll. And she, was, she has broken so many boundaries and, and has, just has a big target on her and has gotten blamed for a lot of stuff. And there's been some yeah. missteps along the way, as you will with any huge icon sure. that's been around for 60 years. But I was just so thrilled that um, – that, and, and Mattel and the team I worked with at Mattel were so genuine about their desire hmm. to make her a good role model and to put good things out there. And um, Julia Pister was the creator of the vlog, and she wrote them, and Teal Sterling was one of the producers, and Rosanna Sun was the other producer. And it was just, it was just a great experience, and it's something that we're all really, really proud of. Did you did you watch those SNL skets where they were doing like rebranding Barbie, and they were on there yes. and they were all saying yes. they were all saying ridiculous things? Did you see that one? Yes, I did. That was a really it was really funny. Where it's like the photos of her and yeah, Childish Gambino is on there. It, it was Childish Gambino on yes. it. Yeah, exactly. Like. Shouldn't Barbie, Barbie's thinking about her life in this way. And right. I thought, I thought that was <laughs> a woman who got hit by a car in front of her house. <laughs> and I remember Britney, yeah. Britney Spears played Barbie as well. I mean, years before that, oh, and that was a hilarious skit. Yeah, that was one oh, of the best skits whatsoever. Oh, that was one of the best skits. But uh, yeah, you know, Barbie is part of pop culture. I mean, she's part of our lives and, and, uh, yeah. That that's something definitely to be proud and her, of, and then, her name recognition is just huge. And so, you know, you can you can you can say all the things that you want to do to change the world, but it really helps to have a platform. And she has it, and um, it has been my experience that Mattel is using it in the best possible way. They have right. really, in the last five years, turned her around, and all the dolls that they're releasing um, uh, has just been really cool. It's really great, different from uh, representatives. How about that one girl, America? That one girl that's that's just nowhere right now. Uh, she wishes her life was like yours, even though your life is complicated, and we all know that. And nobody would want each right. other's lives. We we want this, but but you know, but she wants your life because she doesn't know anything other, and and she doesn't know how to get there. She just doesn't because it's foreign to her. What what advice would you give to her? Just keep creating. And just one step after another, um, just keep your eye on the bigger picture and know that you feel like you're lost, you're lost. But if you work hard and you were kind and you respect people and stand up for yourself, you will get where you want to go. But you do need to stand up for yourself and you do need to be clear about where you want to go and keep that, that vision clear. Um, there is a fine line between uh, doing everything for everyone else and then forgetting about yourself. And that's what I mean by standing up for yourself. I don't necessarily right. mean in like a, an argument, although that's important too. I mean, just remind yourself every day, do something for someone else and then do something for yourself for where you want to go and what your dreams are. Because you right. have to, you have to feed that. You have to feed. There's, there's an old Native American story about the two wolves. There's the the good wolf and the bad wolf and right. the wolf that you feed is the one that lives and the one that you don't right. feed is the one that starves, right? So if you don't feed the bad wolf, then the bad wolf will, will starve. But this right. this is a similar thing in, in, in that 
if you only feed somebody else's dreams, then your dream will starve. And if you only feed your dream, then everybody else's dreams will starve. And then that doesn't serve your dream either. It's only by serving your dream and the dreams of the people around you that you care about and respect equally that you will make any progress, both for them and for yourself. So if you have some place you need to go and you want to be, just take a little step every single day. You know, even if you just, if you want to direct and you start shooting videos on your phone using dolls, that's Mm. actually a viable career. People have made a lot of money and made viable careers shooting whole stories with dolls. Um, Hmm. and, and, and by that you learn camera angles and you learn performances and you learn, and from that you have something that gives you confidence to then do something with humans if you want to. Um, and then you just work your way up, but every single day, even if it's just for 10 minutes, do something for yourself, for your dream and feed your dream. Because if you don't feed your dream, no one's going to feed it for you. Hmm. That's good advice. You know, your, 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 your diplomacy, I would say, and your positivity in the way that you approach people is definitely a piece of advice I would give people as well, because the amount of diplomacy that you have and the way that you're approaching people and the way you're talking about things it, it is the way that popular directors become popular directors. They listen to people. They're patient. They take their time. Uh, they're well-prepared. Uh, and one of my one of my dislike most disliked phrases is let's take care of it in post. And I'm pretty sure that you're right. not that type of person either. <laughs> I do not like that 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 comment. Yeah, no, I that that just shows lack of planning. I mean, sometimes you have to. Sometimes the shit has hit the fan, and you have no choice, and and you have to try to find a way to fix it in post. And then and a good editor is will save your movie, and a bad editor will stall your movie and kill it. You know, but. Um, so sometimes you have to, but, but if you're only doing that, if you haven't done any planning, if you haven't listened to the amazing people around you to make it as good as possible, saying fix it in post is the worst possible thing you can say. Uh, I agree. Um, I, I totally <laughs> agree with you. I totally agree with you. And, and, and the other thing that I'll say is that like some of the most successful directors in history that we have seen in the media are not necessarily the diplomats and not necessarily the listeners. And that's a problem because then that means that people think they have to be like them to be successful. Um, But but currently that is changing. Currently you don't necessarily have the, the people who flip a table with frustration and scream at their actors that are being successful. It's, It's the people who are the listeners and the diplomats that are going further. Yeah. But, um, God, I hope you're right. God, I hope this is the way to do it. But I, I, no, I it is. Don't know any other way? So it is. No, no. Your way, the the way you're talking about it, and, and the way you're explaining it, is exactly the way I've always found it to be the most productive, the most uh, inspiring, the best best way to 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 to, to handle a crew and a cast. Uh, especially respecting people like secondhand the way that you're talking about it. That's a very difficult subject to talk to people about, by the way, when you're talking about coming into a show like midway and then taking over, Mm -hmm. those are not easy things to talk yourself out of. And you went through those. Those are amazing things to go through. Oh, it was, it was such a gift to get to do it. I'm so thrilled. I can't wait for the, for the next one. Do you have any dream shows that you, do you want to do in the future? Other other than Star Wars, other than Star Wars, I'll say that. 
Okay, other than Star Wars. Do you, do you want to do com- do you want to do comedy? Like like would you do comedy? Yeah. I love yeah. I love comedy. I love comedy. Um and and speaking of which, um there's a show that's on pop called Florida Girls, which is hilarious. Um hmm. and that would be one that would be a blast to work on. Um oh. but you, you guys should definitely check it out. What's it called? Uh, but it's called Florida Girls. Florida Girls on pop? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to check that out. Create, you, can, you can see the first two for free at poptv.com, nice. I think, or pop.tv. And it's created nice. and written by and star, starring uh, Laura Chin, who's awesome. And so that's a great show. So that <laughs> oh, kind she's of great. I love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. she's, she's amazing. And, and, the, and the comedy that she has is like, it's not derogatory comedy. She's, she's poking fun at things with so much love. And her yeah. episodes have so much heart to them. And that's what makes that show so special. I would love to do comedy. I love, like, Jane the Virgin. I love shows like that. Mm. I admire Handmaid's Tale. Um, I don't know that I would be the right director for that because I do think I I direct with a little bit too much humor. Um, but I admire really? the of that show, and that is an education. Really? I, I find that hard yeah. to believe that you wouldn't be able to take that project on. I, I think... It, I think it would kind of stretch your brain a little bit, but but yeah, I think it'd be a great show, yeah. great mix it for would, you. It was it would it stretch my brain. I love the show, um, but I definitely that's not my that's definitely not my go to style for sure. What, what's your go to style? Comedy and action. Comedy and action. Mhm. I mean, that's nice. why Blind Spot and Legacies were the two perfect TV shows for me to start with. Because both have a sense of humor about themselves, and then there's great action, but there's also a lot of really great heart in there. I mean, growing up with Star Wars, Indiana Jones, um, you know, Jimmy Stewart, Catherine Pepper, and like those kind of movies are are definitely what I lean towards. You know, we're we're running out of time, but before we go, let's let's remind our listeners about the Tremere Project. And about mm-hmm. maybe one or two other projects that you, you have going on right now. But that's definitely one that I want people to listen to. So how, how do we, it's Chimera.org? Yeah, ChimeraProject.org. Dot org. See, okay. and it's, it's not easy to spell. That was a, right. that was a mistake. <laughs> C-H-I-M-A-E-R-A Project.org. Okay. And then, and you can link to it much easier from my website, which is americayoung.com. There is okay. a page and a link for it on my website. I'll, so I'll, I'll, I'll link it as well. Previously. Yeah. Perfect. I'll link it as well on my site as well. Cool. Perfect. So, so that's how they'll get in contact with you. And then that's, that's the one where you're working on a, a lot of women in directing and a lot of women mm-hmm. in producing and, and in other fields as well. Yeah. Anything behind the camera. We're all about supporting that. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today. I mean, we we greatly Thank appreciate you so much all of your time. Oh. I really enjoy it. I really enjoyed this. You're a great interviewer. Thank you. Th- thank you. You're incredibly sweet, and, and thank you so much for all of your delightful ways to think. You know, something something I definitely want to ask you before we take off. You know, just one last question is, how do you stay so mentally healthy? You 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 definitely have a, a, a great cadence and a great calmness about yourself. What do you do for yourself to stay this this healthy? Exercise helps. Um, not necessarily exercise to be fit, but exercise like going out and getting walks, um, hiking. Uh, I like martial arts a lot because if I think about anything else while I'm doing martial arts, I'll fall over. 
So it's a, yeah. it's a really great break for your brain. Um, that really helps. And then just making sure I surround myself with people um, that are full of love and encouragement. And, um, you know, because you have days where you really doubt everything and um, you question if you should move forward or if you should move home and become a doctor or whatever it is. Right. So having people around you that support you and love you and respect you, that, that let you have those days and help you work through them. Um, and you don't need a lot of friends. And I, I think a lot of friends can actually sometimes be a burden. But just having, you know, two or three just dear ones, just two or three that will just be there for you yeah. when you need them. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I have, I'm lucky I have an amazing uh, partner in Dove. Um, but just finding, just finding someone in your life that supports you and, and holds you up when you need to be held up. Um, that those are the, those are the important things, but the, the exercise is really good. You need to give yourself a break. We don't do that. Boredom is really important. Being bored is actually really important for us and for deep thinking. Um, and, and then, and then trying to change your perspective as to, um, the fact that it's not a problem, it's a challenge. It's cheesy as that sounds. Um, right. But it's not. It's not a problem. It's a challenge. And aren't we lucky to be given this? And won't it be fun to figure it out? And as much of it as it's a pain in the butt that we have to, we get to. And we will. Right. We will figure this out. And right. And those are the things that I constantly have to, you know, um, tell myself when things are going wrong and, and your, uh, your, your tire blows on the side of the road and you're late to your work interview or whatever. It's, oh, plot twist. Yeah. <laughs> Plot twist. And and it's 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 a lot of work to change your perspective yeah. like that. But if you try, and again, you just do little one little step by little step. And if and honestly, stopping apologizing and saying sorry all the time really really right. helps. Because right. Then you're not the victim of your own story. You know, you were the lead of your own story, and that makes right. a huge difference. You're the lead of your own movie, then everything that's happening to you is happening to you for a better story and a better outcome at the end. And that really helps to think about that. That makes sense. I mean, it it just goes into quantum mechanics as well, that all things are meant to happen. And and, uh, you are where you are. You're either going to enjoy yourself or you're going to hate it. Yeah. Yeah. So you might as well find a way to try to enjoy it. And there's some horrible situations that I can't speak to that you're not going to be able to find the the good side of. And I get that. I'm I'm not going to try to pretend that this is a fix all for everything. Um, But take care of yourself. Just do things that, that, that protects you and feeds your dream. And um, eventually you will get through the dark times. Right. That's important. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for speaking Thank to our you audience so much here. Thank you for having me on. I really enjoyed we, this. Thank you. Oh, we'd love, we'd love to have you on so much. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you off here. Thank you so much for being on here, America Young. You are the best. Thank you. So are you. And anyone <laughs> listening, reach out. How do we reach out? You want us to reach out through our your Instagram, your Twitter, and all that stuff? Yeah, Instagram and Twitter. If you need if you need a boost, if you need somebody to cheer you on, reach out. You're the best, America. Thank you so much, girl. Thank you. So Have yourself much. a fantastic weekend. Thank you. You too. Have okay, a great Thanksgiving. Bye. Okay, bye bye. You too. All right, that's America Young, everybody. Fantastic. All right, everybody. This is the end of our show. 
I hope you had a great time. This is our, our day before Thanksgiving show, huh? Well, we went on a long time, didn't we, huh? America was, was quite a fascinating human being, was she not? That positivity is infectious. A great listen, a great partner. Don't forget about the Chimera, ChimeraProject.org. Don't forget about our episodes on Blind Spot. Her film coming out soon. Back to Lila. I'm looking forward to that. Well, sorry, listeners, I didn't give you any time to call in. Your call-in number was 515-602-9609. But I didn't give you any time to call in and uh, ask any questions. I was just so interested. All right, everybody. I can't say any more. Just a great conversation with a great human being. We had a lot of things to say about the positivity about life and how to handle it. How to handle stress. You heard a lot of things, if you were listening very carefully, about how to be calm in situations. How to properly talk to people and handle people, other people's egos. And let them down while lifting them up. Those are hard things to do. America Young, thank you so much for blessing our stage. We appreciate it. And everybody else here, thank you so much for listening in on Cinephiles Radio, hosted by Steve Pisa. Happy Thanksgiving. Have yourself a great week. I'll speak to you next week. Cheers.